From the traditional and unceded territory of the Clay Claytonne First Nation and the heart of Northern BC, welcome to the CNC Podcast, 50 years, 100,000 alumni. At CNC, we're learning together, changing lives and creating futures. Welcome to the CNC Podcast. I'm Mark Cargillotto. BC's construction sector right now is hot, and it's expected to remain that way over the next 10 years, with about 80,000 new jobs uh, to be created. Now, there is a field that is relatively new here in northern British Columbia, at least to CNC, that we're excited to tell you a lot more about. It's called civil technology. Now, it works closely with civil engineering. The difference is that while an engineer might design roads and bridges and other infrastructure that you might see, the civil technologist is much more involved in the building of that work. So we've invited a civil technologist to join us here today. Will Morose is with DWB Consulting in Prince George. He is a CNC alumni, alumni grad, and we're thrilled to have him here on the CNC podcast. Will, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mark. So tell me about civil technology. Uh, what excites you about the work that you do in it? Boy, everything. Um, my dad told me, find something that excites you and make a career of it. And that's exactly what I did. I enjoyed drafting when I was in high school. I thought, okay, let's try this. And at the time, in 1990, EGAD, Engineering Graphics and Design, which is now the program we have today, was the perfect way to do it. What I didn't know I was getting myself into was it was a lot bigger than just drafting. So construction management, um, how to build things, not only on paper and on CAD, but also in the field with the contractors right to the back end where we could sign it off and watch traffic drive across it. So can you give me the difference between civil engineering, which our friends up at UNBC offer, and then civil engineering technology, which is a two-year program here at CNC? So technology is sort of the, the nuts and bolts of the physical part of what the engineers are doing. The engineers don't go surveying. They don't do um, a lot of the data gathering. We do that for them. So for instance, um, the survey will be done by the surveyors or um, engineering technologists that will go out and actually do the survey, make sure we get, gather the data that they require, put it all together and then give it to the engineer to make the heavy lifting decisions. What size of bridge, what size of culvert, what's the hydrology doing, weather change requirements, all those things that are more the engineer's side, we let them do, and then they give us the nuts and bolts. So once it's all done, the design's clean, they sign it, then they hand it to us and a construction company, and we go out and we're the eyes and ears of the engineer on site. And you've got your fingerprints then on some projects around here. Do you want to tell me about one of them? Uh, there's several, to be honest. Um, I've been part of CGL, fairly heavy, um, as well as the Cottonwood River Bridge in Quinnell. So those have been kind of some of my highlights. Um, the Cottonwood Bridge was definitely intimate. There's no doubt about it because it was, everything was hands-on, right? The design was clean. There's no doubt about it. But the day-to-day -day process of having to have different contractors doing different processes at the right timing and all that kind of stuff. So that construction management of it uh, was my first real kick at the cat. Yeah, so it's kind of like Tetris in terms of all the blocks oh coming my. together. Oh my, one block out of place causes havoc. Yeah, yeah. So you've so got to have a pretty. You got to have a construction mind. Yeah. Right? Um, if you've never built anything, right, 
think about the first time you put a doghouse together. You got to really think about how you're going to put it together, right? Where somebody who's been building, say, with their dad or whatever, building houses or whatever, doing that kind of work, would go into building a doghouse real quick. Now, the work between an engineer and a civil technologist, can you describe that relationship? Intimate. Yeah. Um, the engineers I've worked with, we've become very good friends uh, because you are spending a lot of late hours. You're spending a lot of time with each other, uh, trying to get inside each other. I tell the new technologist, become a sponge. For the first five, ten years of your career, it's about being a sponge. Learn what the engineers are doing, why they're making decisions that they make. And that helps you to help fix those um, as you're doing the design. I sit with engineers. They do all the number crunching. I'm putting it together in AutoCAD, and I notice that things aren't fitting together. I can tell them right away, you got a number that's out. Of course, they don't believe me. We do a little banter back and forth, and yeah, sure enough, they're out by half a millimeter on something, which causes havoc throughout the whole design. So that intimacy between the two disciplines, right? Engineers are not doing CAD, right? Yes, they're running numbers, but everything's on such a finite, right? When you start talking about steel and concrete and how wood, everything combines together to make the project work, you really have to be careful when you start piecing it together. So in 3D, we start piecing it together and then you start to see that these two pieces don't fit, right? The engineer can see it. They go, oh, okay, okay. And now I know what I did. And then go back and change your numbers. So it's that intimate back and forth, back and forth before you see a rubber stamp on the drawing. What's exciting about the work that you do uh, in terms of the, the start of a project and then finally, you know, seeing it there in front of you? Going through the heartache, how it started, the chaos, um, working through the chaos with the construction and the engineer, getting everything to work, and then to see that final vehicle or whatever you're trying to bring across a site, to actually see it, to watch that happen and go, ah, I did that. Or I was a part of that, right? Every time I cross the Cottonwood River Bridge, uh, my wife says, you know, this is daddy's bridge, <laughs> right? And it's, well, it's not mine. I mean, there's a huge team that's behind that. But I was a big part of building that bridge. That's got to be exciting work to do then. It is. Yeah. My wife gets sick and tired of it. Oh, yeah, I did that one. Yeah, I was part of that one. She gets tired of the drive, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So at the beginning, it was, there was one or two. Now there's probably 30 or 40. Why would you encourage someone, a young person, to uh, to get involved in this kind of work if they're just coming right out of high school or, say, if they've been out of high school, worked for a few years, and they, they want to do something different? The technology has so many different strains or different avenues for someone to take. And depending on what you like to do, uh, there's all kinds of things you can do. Just like engineers, there's technologists behind every single one of those disciplines. So... If you like doing engineering and you have that kind of Tetris mind where you want to put things together and see how it works and, and you like to take things apart and put them back together, you know, see if you make it better, that's kind of the person technology is looking for, right? And the demand for, uh, for this right now, uh, you're with one of, what, about eight engineering firms locally? Um, yeah, about that. Yeah, so uh, what would be the demand right now for civil engineering technologists? Well, because there's been such a lack of technologists over the years, right, we're really in a crunch right now. So, you know, the eight companies could all probably take two or three. So there's 24 right off the top, and let's say you only have 10 grads. So we're all fighting for the same 10 people. Yeah. Right? Or they're saying, you know what, we're not going to go after those 10. We're going to go outsource it through another province. So that's kind of what's going on. And even the other ones in the other provinces don't have a lot of technologists either. So... 
the six to one ratio of engineer to technologist. Let's say we're getting better. Now it's only a four to one ratio. You're still right now only at about a one to one ratio. So an engineer to be at a hundred percent chargeable needs to have four technologists running full steam underneath them. Right. So you can see the companies are going, okay, I got four engineers and I got three draftsmen or three techs. There's a disconnect. There's not enough work getting done. So from a business point of view, you want your engineers to be fully chargeable, right? So a lot of companies are going, okay, how am I going to get this to happen? I need more technologists to get the, this engine moving. Now, let's talk about climate change for a moment. And obviously, there was enormous damage done to highways and infrastructure and that, to say nothing about the uh, the huge impact to individuals' lives and the agriculture sector. Um, reconstruction is going to take a long time in the southern parts of the province, Um how do you think the climate change impacts what civil techs have to do or even the demand for civil techs over the next while? Well, obviously the construction side of it for sure, right? The civil techs are the ones that are going out in force. Um, the engineers are sitting back and doing their number crunching and deciding how it's going to happen. The techs are the ones that are usually going out and doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. The engineers do go out on site when needed, um, but they really don't want to be out there because they're usually handling or juggling 12 or 13 projects where the techs have you know, they're dedicated to what's going on. They're the eyes and ears of the engineer when they're out there. So they're reporting back every day. This is what happened. This is how it went. This is what's not working. This is what is working. And the engineers get to sit back and, and do their analytical work. So as far as the Coquihalla and the Fraser Canyon, that kind of stuff, um, there's not enough techs to be out there. So now you got EITs and engineers doing techie type jobs. So costs are, costs are going up, right? Because now you've got very high profile people out there doing the work that maybe shouldn't be out there. Now that's sounding a little harsh, but um, that's kind of the reality of it. So why would you encourage someone to look at CNC's civil technology program? If you're from the North, CNC is where to go because they teach this exact same thing that anybody in the South is going to teach you, BCIT or any of the other institutions. You're being taught the exact same stuff locally. Now you get to step out your front door and actually see it. If you're in downtown Surrey, how often are you going to see what's going on in Willow River, where there's a brand new bridge going in, double lane in Willow River? You can actually drive out to it in your afternoon and go look at what's going on. Vancouver, you're going to have to go find a massive project and get some binoculars to see what's going on. Here in town, CNC will give you that opportunity to see what's going on. Not only that, but CGL is right in our back door. Right? It's a major project, yeah. It is the largest Canadian project since the railway. Wow. So plenty of opportunity. Tons of opportunity. Well, that sounds great. Well, hopefully we can convince a few additional students to join up at, at CNC. We'd love to have them in civil technology. And Will, thank you so much for your time today on the CNC podcast. No problem. For more about CNC's programs, visit our website, cnc.bc.ca. Thank you to Taryn Johnson and Dustin Ruth for producing the CNC podcast. We welcome your comments and ideas for episodes. Please contact us at communications at cnc.bc.ca. Thanks for listening to the CNC podcast and have a great day.